0: hello and welcome to the everything is black and white podcast today's episode is brought to you by powerhouse fitness newcastle your home fitness store where you can save up to 50 percent off home fitness equipment in their biggest ever sale visit your local newcastle store on percy street or visit www.powerhouse-fitness.co.uk now let's get on with the show Hello there and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove, joined by Chief Sports at Lee Ryder, Newcastle United fan writer Sean McCormick and BC Newcastle's Matthew Raisbeck. um And we'll start with that great result on Sunday, 1-0 against Manchester United. And we'll start with you, Matthew. I mean, what what performance and what result?
1: Firstly, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, nice to be with you. Um, it will live long in the memory, won't it? Because it was so special. And perhaps because it was so... Unexpected in the sense that Newcastle hadn't beaten a team that was higher than 11th going into the weekend and then here they are in the relegation zone when they kick off. And it was a terrific all-round display from the team. It was a team effort. There were some individuals who were fantastic. But just everything came together. The atmosphere was terrific. It's as good as I can remember it. Probably Barnsley on the last day of last season. I wasn't at the Spurs match when... Everyone asked Rafa to stay. I guess it may have been similar, but just everything about it felt big and felt special and felt important and and how they needed it. And the roar when Richie scored uh, was deafening. And then when Dubravka caught the ball seconds before the final whistle, you knew they were there and it just meant so much. And, And now they're in a position where maybe they just need four wins from their final eleven matches, it's a great position to be in. It could be the one that that propels
0: them to safety. And going into the game, Lee i mean, there was a bit of confidence. I think from people. I know John Anderson said himself <laughs> yeah. he had this, they had this feeling that mm-hmm. Newcastle were going to do it. I mean, there was a little bit of confidence underneath everything, and Newcastle showed that on their day they can they can match the best.
2: Yeah, they did. Uh, I, I personally, being honest, going in the game, I, I, I thought a point would have been a fantastic <laughs> result to get all three was, was amazing uh, I, di- I didn't share the confidence of other people I think you know Newcastle have been they've limped along at times in the last few, few weeks uh, they have picked up results they've picked up points but you know that Manchester United team is, is very good on paper there's a, some big names they've spent a lot of money uh, but it was down to the work work rate and um, work ethic of the team they, they all to a man uh, put their bodies on the line there's some I think the clearances and the tackles and the blocks were getting cheered as much as the goals towards the end, as as Matthew just just put his finger on there. when Dubravka pulled out of the air, I just think all oh, it was a day a day to remember. Um, but now it's about where they go from here. It's all right getting a result like this, but you've got to go down to Bournemouth and, and back that up somewhere. A good solid point again. I know I've already said that about that game, but a good solid point wouldn't be a bad result down there. But if they can have the confidence and get another win down there then they really will be uh, on the way to safety.
0: And I suppose Sean that's the key building on it we saw some brilliant performances none other than uh, John Joe Shelby who played arguably the game of the, the se- his game of the season but he has to now build on that he has to do that against Bournemouth against the likes of Huddersfield Liverpool the game's coming up because like Lee says if you don't if you don't build on those performances then it is kind of just three points.
3: Well that's it. They've got a massive opportunity now. You look at Bournemouth so and Southampton on the next two games. Newcastle have got a very good record against the teams in and around them in the bottom of the Premier League. Um so they can take the confidence from the Manchester United games a real chance to build momentum. It's so tight down there. Obviously they started off uh, kick off on Sunday in the bottom three. The wind lifted them up to thirteen. Fifth, one team can put put together two or three wins in the bounce, they're almost there, they're almost on the road to safety.
0: And on Shelby's performance, I mean, he was he was absolutely superb.
3: Yeah, Shelby was fantastic. I think him and Diarmi really marshaled the midfield well. The first fifteen minutes, like, my phone just in there. Uh, the first fifteen minutes, um, they really set a mark on the game. They set the precedent. They set the tone for Newcastle's performance. Um, Diarmi particularly um, got in on, on Paul Popper a couple of times. He really won that battle. Shelby spraying passes um, like we know he can. He doesn't do it consistently enough, and that's probably. Half half the frustration with Shelby, but he was fantastic. He put a couple of challenges in towards the end that you know really got the crowd up in their feet. the atmosphere, as Matthew said before, was fantastic, and it was moments like that that really got them going. And if Shelby can, you know, if he can, if he can perform that in the next couple of weeks, building that performance, you feel that him and the army are starting to build a real partnership in midfield.
0: What do you think they would have been said to Shelby before that game? Do you think Benitez just said, you know, you've got you, you've got to up it? We've got Mourinho back to full fitness now because there was a marked difference in his performance from what we've seen pretty much all the way through the season
2: I think to be totally honest with you I think John Joe Shelby um, he does what he wants and he he got out of bed that day and said it's against Man United I'm going to put a performance in and that's exactly what he did and he played to the best of his ability I think Rafa will have been pleading with him all season to lift his game and he just hasn't done it because unfortunately he doesn't have the that consistency. Um, I know John Joe Shelby is a, a brilliant player. Um, he's you know he's the highest paid player at the club, um, and they paid a lot of money for him for a good reason because of what he can bring to the team, like he did on Sunday. Uh, I travelled with the team in pre season in Germany, and John Joe Shelby was quite easily the best player throughout the whole of the pre season. He was he got his fitness sorted. Um, those passes were getting pinged left, right, and centre. Um, he really. Lifted the team, he carried the team in pre-season at times. Uh, and then he had his moment against Tottenham where he got sent off. Um, he's, he's recently spoken about it to the to the programme. He won't speak to the wider media. There's still an issue there in terms of he, he doesn't feel like he has to talk to the press, which is, is his, his choice entirely. Um, but I just think generally going back to your question, he does it when he wants to do it. Um, the challenge for him will now be to replicate that, down at Bournemouth, and you know if he is the great player that he wants to be remembered for, then you know he's got the ability to hold this team to safety, uh, and he's got to build on that performance at Man United.
0: And I suppose Matthew, what was refreshing to see about Chavez's performance was we all know how good he is at passing, he can get the ball, he can do the, you know thirty-four yard passes, but there was something different about him on Sunday. He was a bit more bite he was tracking back, he was challenging, he was really making it difficult for Man United to play. And it's a different side of his game that we probably haven't seen. Well. We haven't seen
1: really. Yeah, he was up and down, wasn't he? Up and down the pitch, and um, what what I like about him when you watch him is that he has the kind of intent that you need. It's almost like his first thought is to pass the ball forwards, not sideways, not back. They often play a risky ball, and sometimes it won't come off. Whether it's in an attacking area or a fairly harmless area, but at least he looks forward and looks to try to create something but at the weekend as well as you've been saying he was getting back he was sliding in putting the ball out of play blocking through balls just doing everything that you would want from a midfielder it was an all action display wasn't it and and as you said you know maybe it's because it was Manchester United maybe he was just that little bit more up for it everybody was up for it on sunday but but he with his quality that we know that he's got yeah. it just seemed to to go to that next level and, and it was fantastic. And you're talking about pre season. I wasn't in Germany but 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 you were but in the domestic friendlies that we watched, he was terrific. I mean yeah. I remember at Bradford and I know it's Bradford League One it yeah. was a friendly, but I mean he ran the game in, in the mm-hmm. first half and, yeah. and he was incredible. And you thought if he can take this into the season, he will be the difference for yeah. Newcastle. And then it all went awry, didn't it, with the red card against Spurs and not getting back into the team. But Hopefully, he's just found something again that will that will help him stay at, at the level that you know that he's capable of. And I guess the best players are the most consistent players. And with John Joe Shelby, all the ingredients are there, but but doing it on a consistent basis. But it was a, a marvellous display on Sunday. And I almost feel sorry for the likes of Diarmé and Lejeune and Dummett and LaSalle. Yeah. And Dubravka's rightly got a lot of praise as well. But Shelby was so fantastic. The efforts of some of the others are Overshadowed, but mm. yeah, it was Rafa would have been delighted, wouldn't he? Every supporter was, and um, he doesn't show much emotion, Shelby. Mm. He, he's, he's often quite po faced, but you saw what it meant to him at the end to win that match, but also play a huge part in there it. Were
2: two, there were two things that stood out for me that, that I'll remember from that game, and the first one was the free kick, he stole about five yards <laughs> right underneath the referee's nose, which is really you need that dial in the Premier if you're going to win games like that you have to have that little advantage against teams at Man United and he, and he stole them a few yards and the other bit that stuck out was when he was in the left hand corner you probably remember it there was a moment where there was a 50-50 ball and I thought he was going to absolutely fly in here mm. and he just kept his composure and just scooped the ball up and it was just a lovely little touch that just bought Newcastle that little bit more time but more importantly kept him on the pitch and I thought them two moments were um, very very important in the game. Well, Mick Quinn mentioned yesterday in his comment about the controlled
0: aggression of Shelby, where against Spurs we saw him do something a bit daft. We've seen it yeah. in other games. We've seen it last season where he's kind of gone in very head-first. has hasn't we thought about it. But was it a, a case against United, You know, he, he was thinking more about his actions and the consequences that if he does fly in, in the corner, then he's going to get himself mm. but he's going to give away a free kick. Mm. But on, on Sunday we saw we saw a different, a more controlled yeah,
2: I think so I think maybe it was in the back of his head about the Tottenham game that was another big occasion where the global audience is looking in. it's on Sky everybody's watching he couldn't afford to have another game like that where he gets sent off for something you know, a little bit silly really um, and now again the challenge is you go down to Bournemouth completely different game they're going to yeah. be battling for their lives uh, just like Newcastle are the, the pace of the game might even be a little bit different and he's got to really show that he can do it and mix and match in games and that, that, that Bournemouth game is a really it's almost bigger than the Man United game for him no, definitely I'm sure I mean was
0: a, it was an all-round team performance the likes of Paul Dummett, De Brack. I mean who else stood out for yourself?
3: Well, I mentioned army there before I thought he was brilliant in Centre Midfield yet again he's been a man revitalised really ever since he scored against West Ham he's looked a different player in Centre Midfield um, I thought Dwight Gale put in a tireless display. Mm. He didn't get many chances in front of the goal, unfortunately, but he grafted all, all game for the team. He got took off towards the end. I think it was about 10 minutes to go for Hossalu, but he was pretty much dead on his feet when he came off then. He got a stand ovation from the crowd, rightly so. Um, he, put his, like, he put his body on the line in the, in the defensive area, obviously, to make two crucial blocks. He got the flick for the goal. Um, I thought he had a fantastic game. There wasn't really many Newcastle players who didn't have a good game on Sunday. It was a collective effort. Everyone really raised the game. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of players spoke um, after the game and said they were aware of the Huddersfield result. They knew that the pressure was on. They knew that although it was Manchester United, they needed to get a result in that game. And I think a lot of players stood up and, you know, they, they, they really stood tall for the shirt and for the city. And they gave a real good performance in front of that St James's Park crowd. And obviously
0: Martin it was mm-hmm. his debut a debut from Newcastle United is not the easiest to task, but it's a James' Park against Manchester United in front of 52,000. You know, that would dawn a lot of people, but he just took it in straight. stride.
1: He was really calm and composed and that obviously uh, got across <coughs> to the defenders as well, didn't it? I, I think we probably all felt that he would come in. I mean, what's the point in signing him if you're not going to play him? And, and I wondered whether he would start at Crystal Palace. Um, he didn't, obviously, and then he got his chance this weekend and, Blimey, he didn't let anybody down, did he? And, and yeah, he deserves all the credit that he's getting for his handling, his kicking. I think there was one that, that that went out of play, but but you know, other than that, his, yeah, his success rate with with everything was was really high. And um, you know, they've got somebody there who speaks good English, who will clearly communicate. Uh, I think at one point he was. Um, pulling defenders into position while the defenders were retreating and while Manchester United were on the attack so that kind of communication because he can see everything is obviously very important Um, and whenever a corner came into the box didn't feel overly concerned I mean he's he's obviously got a big reach hasn't he because he's he's tall he's, he's got long arms he caught everything never felt worried when a ball came into the box when Martial went through one on one he, he, he stood pr- pretty big. I thought Martial was going to dink it. He didn't. And he made the save. But then he wasn't uh, milking it. He was there ready for the, the corner to come in. And he and just gave a really composed, professional, mature performance. And, and I think you can see why Rafa wanted him and also wanted a goalkeeper of that ilk with those qualities. Because it can add a a number of points to your tally if you've got somebody like that. Now, I'm not saying Darlow or Elliott wouldn't have made those saves. I I do rate both of them, but obviously Dubravka has something else, something different. Mm -hmm. And um, when you you look at the money that could be involved in the deal, I know you've been reporting on this in the last couple of days, then that's very, very good value for Newcastle if he can continue to play like that. doesn't have to do that well all the time, but just set a standard now. You'd hope he wouldn't drop too far below that you know, it, it represents really good business. I think
3: and what, sorry, Andrew. I think what was most telling about the performance as well was his uh, his decisiveness for coming for, coming for crosses. Um, I think about thirty minutes in, he was the first real delivery that like, come into the area, and um, he, he made his decision early. He came out, he was commanding, um took the ball really well. And I think when your keeper does that, you know, he's got the confidence to come out. It, it, um, it relieves a lot of pressure on the defence. You know, it relaxes them. I think you know we've got a commanding presence behind us there, it's gonna come out, he's gonna claim it, you know, he's a safe pair of hands. And as Matthew said, you're never really concerned, every time Manchester United were on the attack because you thought, you know, Debrafka's got the ability to deal with those kind of things. And I think I just set the tone earlier, it was a massive roar from the crowd when he came out for that first cross. And at times I think that's where Carl Darlow and Rob Elliott have been a bit indecisive and, you know, that can have a bit of a negative effect on your defence, you know, that can create a nervousness, a tension. But Debrafka was really confident, really calm, came out and, you know, set the tone for his performance, really, by 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 those catches. And I mean, the
0: last save he made by Alcaric, I mean, that was a top-class reaction to yeah. so, And again, you know, Carl Darlow and Rob Elliott, we've seen them pull off some yeah. fantastic saves, but got you know, very last moments of the game, the crowd are nervous, you know, it's bodies on the line, and he's
3: reacted as a top-keeper should do, and it, it was a brilliant save. Yeah, so it was just instinctive, wasn't it? It was a fantastic save. Um, you know, that, that really just put the, the cherry on top of a great performance, a great debut, and hopefully builds on that, you know, because there's been a lot of Newcastle players who have come in, you, you think back to Shelby's debut against West Ham, mm-hmm. where he looked absolutely outstanding, obviously he didn't necessarily build on that performance, he was a so home, Chelsea, was another one that sticks in the memory. Um, so you you hope that Debravka can you know he he can continue that kind of form on a consistent basis. Yeah,
0: definitely, but I suppose on the other hand, Lee, you only had three or four saves to make against a top class my United side with the likes of Lukaku up front. So you've got to give credit to the defence. I mean, Lejeune's come back in, starts yeah. again against the top class my United side after you know after the injuries he's had to come in and perform as well as he did. LaSalle's, his usual high standard. The defence
2: mm-hmm. performed really well did as a, as a unit I mean they defended from from the front um, and the, the whole all the way through the game was they created chances I mean I think they had about five shots before half time or five goal attempts at least maybe more I don't know but defensively every player played his part I mean Dwight Gale two clearances they were so important that they could end up being more important than goals come the end of the season you just don't know um, and you mentioned he got a stand ovation there, which was was deserved. Uh, but the, it's good. It's a good. Now I think the treatment room now at the training ground is is completely empty, mm-hmm. which is, is is a very rare thing at Newcastle United in the last few years. Rafa's wanted it to get into that situation where there's competition on the training ground for every position, and you know he, he's well known to make changes. Uh, and that bone mouth game, you know, there's going to be you know two or three players for each position vying for. for for the shirt and I think that's that's going to be re- really important going in the running.
1: Just going off on a slight tangent, you mentioned the injury record there, whenever you speak to Rafa uh, before the matches, yeah. when he does his press conferences and, and various interviews, he's really proud of the injury record yeah. and, and, and you know and, and I guess go back, I don't know, 10, 15 years, the Grain Souness moved That's right, the yeah. players to the academy didn't That's he right, because yeah. he thought there was a problem with the pitches well Rafa Benitez has has cleared the treatment room because whatever methods he and his staff have got are working and also players know they're going to get opportunities to play and, and they don't want to be injured either yeah. there's no nobody is malingering not saying anybody has been in yeah. the past but, but he's really proud of that he has a, a fully fit squad I mean I, I guess given the numbers that Newcastle have got you can't really afford to have too many injured players and you know, soft tissue injuries, muscle injuries that, that you may get. You know, they're clearing up. Whatever they're doing is working. He just doesn't
2: take risks, does he? Yeah. That's that's the the big thing. I mean, Slomani being the yeah. case in point of the weekend. Everybody, you know, before the kickoff was panicking. Oh, where's Slamani? What what's going on? Why are we sending an injured player? Well, he's not really injured. He's, he's carrying uh, a sensitive I- issue with his thigh, and basically, you know, there was no point in risking him in that game for him to miss six or seven games. And that's why Rafa's got that, that bit of judgment, that, that experience, and he's made that decision um, based on looking forward rather than just the 90 minutes against Manchester United. And it? it's paid off.
1: And it's why we waited so long to see Paul Dummett come back here yeah. after um, after Christmas, Manchester City at home, when he'd been on the bench a few times. And, and, and he's been terrific recently. I know he has his critics, but he's got a lot of supporters as well. Yeah. And the, I think the difference is obvious uh, in the results and performances since he's come back in but there was no point after what was a really nasty and quite serious injury actually to, to get him back too soon when, when they needed another fullback so yeah just, just patience and, and, and being sensible but you know that's what you expect from somebody like Rafa Benitez that's why you it? pay
2: yeah. you pay him five a year mm-hmm. to, to make them decisions and judgements and you know the signing of the goalkeeper just shows you well, that's what he can achieve with a very limited I know he hasn't signed yet but that's his judgement give him give him a decent spend in the summer he bring it in good players who understand the club the role and and where this team are going
0: that was my next point you know Rafa Benitez has wanted a goalkeeper for a very long while a certain type of goalkeeper someone who can play with the ball at his feet and okay, yeah it was one game um, but his his judgement we we, we keep saying this it goes around in circles Rafa Benitez what he wants and what he gets are vastly different things yeah but he tends to be shown his judgment tends to be shown as right. You know what he asks for. Mm-hmm. You know
2: it, it, it true. I mean, it's, he's the modern goalkeeper, isn't he? He's the sort of sweeper keeper. Um, Man City paid a lot of money for for their goalkeeper. 30, it was thirty five million, something like that. World record for for a keeper. That's what you need now. The the game's completely changed. Um, long ago, had probably uh, maybe a bit before your time. I don't know the back pass through where the ball just went back to the keeper he picked it up wasted 5-10 seconds game was completely slowed down the goalkeepers from that era might not be able to live with the way that the pace the game is played now uh, they'd probably get injured some of them I think uh, Rafa knows that he needs someone who's quick out the blocks he's going to organise things and he was constantly pushing that defence up wasn't he and making it yeah. a, a tougher game than Man United probably anticipated Man United didn't know what hit them really because they probably didn't know nothing about this goalkeeper. And I think Rafa really caught them off guard with, with that, with the way Newcastle played. They were probably expecting Newcastle to park the bus, like they did against Man City. But uh, with the goalkeeper heavily involved, th- that changed the the whole fashion of the performance. Did
0: indeed, indeed, and if uh, you mentioned the global uh, no audience, yeah. I know mine had huge. Uh, following all over the world Newcastle United well big following it would have been played out all over the world mm. if you're a potential buyer and you've got 52,000 people rocking that stage and the atmosphere was brilliant you saw like you said what Benitez can achieve on a limited budget I mean it really was the perfect advert wasn't it for Newcastle United and why hopefully someone is waiting around the corner with a, with a checkbook and <sighs> wanting to get in
2: I think it was it was everything that Newcastle can be on, on the day I know the, the fans are brilliant and they turn up every week but I think the fans really enjoyed that game in terms of, you know, they played their part. The atmosphere was was rocking all the way through. Um, but for me, I mean, it's a shame Mike actually wasn't there in, in many ways because he would have seen his club. He owns a club. He would have seen it for what for what it is, which is a fantastic uh, environment to watch football on a on a big match day like that. And you just you know you wonder is is someone going to come in and and buy it still then the TV audience um, the TV figures that were bandied about yesterday which will definitely be coming in Mike Ashley may now feel you know that he can use that money and put it into the team um, going forward you don't know but for now I think it's the whole situation is all about Rafa Benitez and, and him being backed in the next window. It was Matthew. It was really nice to see
0: mm-hmm. the fans enjoying it and, and Rafa afterwards, you know, smiling. He had the little joke with uh, the BBC uh, sport reporter yeah. when he was doing his. Uh, I think it was Connor when he was doing his. His uh, you know, the two one one 0 yeah. it, 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 it was a different sort of Rafa that we've seen. Obviously, the result helped massively, but it was a nice to see Rafa really enjoying the the post the post game
1: reaction. Yeah, it was very gratifying for him, wasn't it? Because he puts a plan together for every match and the players we we can't fault their commitment can we they care most of them I guess want to be here and for a lot of them playing for Newcastle United will be the pinnacle of their career but they've always done largely what the manager has asked they just we just know they haven't quite got that extra quality that cutting edge to go and win matches so for them to do what he asked but, but have the quality in attack and in defence to get the result you know it was it was job done it was 100% as far as Rafa was but probably not 100% you know what he's like he's a perfectionist but everything came together they did what he asked and they got the result and they found a way to win by by following his plan so he was delighted and um, one of the comments that you see coming up time and time again on Twitter after a good result is when Rafa takes his yes. glasses off puts them in his pocket you know it's job done and, and that's always nice but I'll tell you what was also nice was that he went around the pitch as well yeah. uh, with some of the players and, and thanked the fans. And, and I mean, the ground was almost three quarters full. Yeah. A couple of minutes after the final whistle, the players, you know, were getting the acclaim of the fans who stayed because they really appreciated it. And, and I'm sure Rafa did as well. Um That'll have meant a lot to him because when I look at statistics before the matches, Rafa. Has got good records really against the top teams, and a lot of a lot of those um, good records have been eroded slightly by Newcastle this season because obviously the circumstances uh, that we have and, and the team that he's got. But you know he likes to beat his former title rivals or Champions League rivals, and obviously Marino is a, a rival of his. So it was a nice embrace at the end. Um, so you know that for many many reasons meant a lot, but primarily Newcastle got a, a vital result. And what is it, do you think, with Jose Mourinho and, and
0: Newcastle United? Is it the, the, maybe the shadow of Sir Bobby Robson? You know, he has huge respect for Sir Bobby, but he really just has no luck coming to St James's Park.
3: Well, that's it, yeah. I mean, Newcastle probably did deserve it on Sunday, but, you know, the, the, the football guards were shining down on Newcastle towards the end. It was, they were hitting the legs, hit, hitting the body. just wouldn't go in for Manchester United towards the end. They were putting loads of pressure on. Um, but... You know, Mourinho in his, in his defence was quite quite graceful in, in, uh, in defeat, wasn't he? You know, he spoke about Sir Bobby Robson before the game and after the game. Um, pre Prior to the game, he said there was no way Newcastle was going to go down. He's obviously got a lot of respect for Newcastle. He'll be aware of the the record right as well. You know, he's a serial winner. He, he, he won't be happy with the fact that he's never won at Newcastle in the Premier League. Um, it's a bit of a strange one, because when you think when Mourinho come in, the 2004-2005 season, it was after the Bobby Robson year when Newcastle were really successful. Um, there was a period of mediocrity really on Newcastle at that time wasn't it under Graham Sue and Esklen kind of got it back but then lost it again um, so it's a weird one um, I don't know if it's played on his mind I don't know how much it'll come into it. you know, it won't exactly come into his pre-game tactics and stuff like that but it's a weird one but hopefully for Newcastle it'll continue for a long time yeah, definitely and just we'll move on now from the game but just finally what was the
0: difference do you think on Sunday question 4-3 or three, was it because we, we see it every week, we see the commitment and the effort and the drive that they do have. But was it Sunday they, uh, they played without fear? They thought, Bernier said, right, just kind of go and attack them. Because we, we didn't really see that against City, or we didn't see that against City. Uh,
1: against Bournemouth
0: and Swansea, to create the chances. But there just seemed to be something a little bit a bit different against Man Uh
1: Crowd was up for it. Players were up for it. From the first whistle, they had the free kick and then the Shelby shot. And then that seemed to set the tone. There were several really fine individual performances, but nobody was was below I don't know eight out of ten maybe. I I didn't see your merit marks, but I guess everyone would have scored high because yeah, of I, did. everybody played their part. And yes they had a bit of luck, perhaps with deflections and blocks and things like that, but but sometimes you need that to win a game of that of that nature. Uh, I just, I just felt everything came together. It was a day when everything went right, uh, and everybody deserves enormous credit. And um, I'm, I'm still on a bit of a high. I think, I think everybody is. I'm quite glad um, that we have a fortnight's break before the Bournemouth match because if you'd had Bournemouth away tonight, then you know you could end up getting a, a less than yeah. satisfactory result and then some of the shine is taken off the Manchester United result it's nice to almost bask in the glow of it and savour it because it was so meaningful
2: you guys agree, agree with Matthew? yeah totally I mean alright they did get a little bit of luck um, but they've had so many things go against them yeah. this season yeah. where they probably deserved they probably deserved a bit of luck on the day um, I mean some of the some of the things that have gone against them this season penalty appeals I mean you know, I know it was defi- it was definitely a penalty at Crystal Palace, but how many of them do yeah. you see just waved away by the referee? Yeah. you know? There's loads of little things that have gone against Newcastle <coughs> this season. I think they got everything they deserved on Sunday. and as you say, it's Monday morning this was, it was a different city on Monday morning. Yeah. Every, everyone's just massive lift. everyone's smiling on a Monday morning and getting a win for Newcastle night at St James Park. There's no better feeling and it just as you say it continues and the fact that f- this could have been a terrible fortnight between now and Bournemouth. We could have all been down the dumps, could have been all forecasting, relegation, all that kind of thing. Um but now it's it's gone the other way. I mean there could only be eight points off a European place if you wanna <laughs> <to, you know? laughs> if you wanna look at it that be ultra positive. So we'll just have to see see how they do in the next game. Uh, but realistically you know, they, they've taken a big stride towards safety and I just hope to continue
3: it. As the guy said there, you know, everything everything came together with Newcastle perfectly well on, uh, on Sunday. Um, prior to the game, you know, Rafa Benitez was saying that we've been close to beating these top sides. Clearly there's a massive disparity in terms of how much it costs to assemble the squads. Um, but he was saying that could we just got that bit of luck if we can get to a certain point where it's 0-0 or it's 1-0. You think back to Chelsea and Manchester United away, they took the lead in both of those games. Um, the Liverpool game at home—it was one-one. They could—they could have won that another day. Um, so you know, everything just come together. Every player played well. The fans played their part. And as Lee said, there you know it could have been a disastrous fortnight. It's now a really positive fortnight where they head into those two massive games against teams around them, and you think you know, if they can get four points, six points from those games, they're suddenly on thirty-four points, thirty-two points, and that's so close to securing safety. In my
2: experience
3: as well, like. <clears throat> games if you lose when there's such
2: a gap between the fixtures if you lose a game like that afterwards I mean you were in the interview area with me after the game afterwards the players don't want to talk so there's pretty much the the journalists have got to then put big opinions on paper they've got to go to former players who were more than happy to you know give an even stronger opinion um, on the way things are for for whatever the reasons are for that Um, but instead they win the game, the players come out, they're all delighted, they all want to talk, and I think pretty much five or six players probably yeah. stopped and spoke, and and people want to read the, those quotes, they want to enjoy them, You know, they want to discuss the win, uh, and they want to get as much analysis as possible, and it just makes for a better um, fortnight, as I say. Fantastic.
0: Just quickly, we'll move on to this break and the decision not to go to warmer Climes, but the penalty, uh, you know, the Chris Small and Dwight Gilly mentioned also Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. VAR is obviously causing a lot of debate. I mean, what are your opinions on it, guys? I mean, do you th- would you like to see it maybe next year, the Premier League, give the, the sort out the issues? Because, you know, if my night had gone on to win on Sunday, Newcastle obviously wouldn't have had the three points. And then come May, we could have been saying, well, you know, three points was the difference.
1: Well, it was interesting that it, it was Craig Paulson and he was the one at Liverpool West Brom that, that took a while to get decisions, but was then praised for getting them correct. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's got the League Cup final now, hasn't he? Craig, Been points. rewarded, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, so, as angry as we are about the penalty, um, he did well to spot the dive from Chris Smalling in the second yeah. half, and it was Chris Smalling who fouled Dwight Gale. Um, from where we were at the time, I wasn't sure whether it was in or outside the box, but it, but it, it should have been a penalty. And the crowd was still angry at that point because they didn't get a corner when the ball was played long and and Dwight Gale thought it, it flipped off Phil yeah, Jones so that. they were they were worked up already the supporters you know quite understandably and um well yeah you do feel aggrieved i mean they've had one penalty all all season that was against burnley um and yeah var i think I think it's an inevitability that, that that will come into the Premier League for big decisions like that because there's so much riding on it, and nobody wants to lose out to to a decision like that. And and I guess every club will feel things have gone against them all season. But look, we have followed Newcastle all year, and the, I mean, there's, there's a litany of of offences, isn't there? Sure. As far as referees are concerned, um, anything that can help them get the right decision is is absolutely is absolutely essential it's it's needed isn't it it's not going to take away the talking points no you know because people, inc- are, people still increase, talk about it it'll yeah. increase it really exactly I know it's still subjective because obviously you're going on the opinions of somebody watching mm. the um, the action but um, if, they, if that had been in place on Sunday then Newcastle would have had a penalty they would have been would have been 1-0 up and, and you hope anyway mm. uh, and then we would have been delighted but um, yeah uh, as angry as you were with the referee, when he blew the whistle when Smalling went down, yeah. I thought he was going to give a free kick to Manchester United. So fair play to him for spotting that. I've gone on a bit of a tangent from your from your question, <laughs> but um, you know he was he was he was in the right spot there to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more you see the dive, actually, the the worse it gets. And I guess that's the kind of thing that you probably uh, on the halfway line you, you wouldn't go to VAR for, would you? No, but. Um, luckily, it all worked out all right. I I mean, it, was it was an awesome.
0: awful dive, wasn't it? I mean,
1: yeah, but I mean, Lee, do
0: you agree with that I mean, there's a lot of talk about how it could be improved. Yeah. You've got maybe putting something on the big screen like they're doing it in cricket to get the fans more involved. It needs ironing out. There are a few issues.
2: Yeah, it, it does. I think cricket have done it successfully. Um, it does. It it's going to take a little bit more time to clear up. But if it does take that time to clear up and the decision is right and everyone's happy and no one feels hard done by then it's got to be a good thing and you know once once it gets introduced and people get used to it then you know we've done all the backpass yeah. there before you know once people get used to something you just forget about what was there before and I think it I think it will improve the game um, you'll have you'll have people moaning about it when it when it does happen consistently I know there was a lot of publicity around Craig Porsons uh, game at Anfield that were mentioned there, but you know once once it's in and up and running, there'll be no problem. And they've got the facility there. The only problem at Newcastle is that not everyone can see that screen, can they? Yeah, <laughs> <And even laughs> so will have another one. one. Yeah.
1: So it's it, you mentioned the back pass again. It looks weird now, doesn't it, when you yes. see a defender from uh, the middle of their half just lowering the ball back to the keeper and then picking yeah. it up. But that, that that's how football evolves, isn't yeah. it? And, and and that that is obviously outdated now, and that changed, and probably would say for the better. And all the technology, like the goal line technology, works and works well, yeah. doesn't it? And and that's quite quick. Now VAR is obviously slightly different, but it's for the same end to get to get the right decisions. Now, just a quick message from our sponsors. Today's
0: podcast is brought to you by Powerhouse Fitness Newcastle, your home fitness store where you can save up to fifty percent off home fitness equipment in their biggest ever sale. No longer will you need to feel the unnerving sensation of another man's body heat on your saddle, sheepishly move weight under the gaze of the local beefcake or put up with that atrocious gym music. You can support the podcast by visiting the Newcastle Powerhouse Fitness Store on Percy Street or their website at www.powerhouse-fitness.co.uk where right now you can save hundreds of pounds on treadmills, exercise bikes, weight, nutrition and home gym packages but great to see that Alan Podge was already blamed a few injuries on VAR, but we'll not get on to Alan Podge <laughs> because he's got um, enough issues as it is. Um, what we will get on to is the decision not to fly away to some of our clients. Yeah. I think, I mean, you did a story last week, Lee, we've, we've had experience of Newcastle heading off to, to Manga and, and it not working out. Um, right decision?
2: I think so on this occasion. Um, I think if, uh, if they had announced they were going away, For that sort of sunshine break on the back of Man United uh, and getting the result, then I don't think people would be complaining about it this week. If they got beat, then they would almost certainly be complaining about it. They can, those trips can be um, an advantage to teams. Um, In the past, they haven't really helped Newcastle that much. They've caused a lot of controversy. You know, people work hard to go and watch Newcastle United, they pay a lot of money. For the season tickets and the away trips, they spend hundreds of pounds going around the country. Uh, if the team aren't performing, uh, and then look to the to the public, it looks like they've been rewarded to stay in a plush hotel uh, in Dubai or La Manga or wherever, Tenerife, wherever they've been. It, it doesn't really strike a chord with the supporters, especially when they've been knocked out the FA Cup as well. Uh, I think it was the right decision. Rafa has got good reasons for it. He didn't feel that the team. Needed to jet out again, you know, more, more travel, more disruption, uh, more time away from the training field, le- less, time to work on little, little incidents that'll probably keep them up. Um, so yeah, all-round right decision. I
3: think as well. Prior, obviously, the decision would have been made prior to the game. You think back to Sunderland last year and the uproar when they went to New York. Obviously, it's a different situation. Newcastle aren't rock bottom of the Premier League, but as Lee, but as Lee said. Um, you know, this would be the FA Cup fifth round weekend. You, you wouldn't want to see it as a reward to the players to say, "Oh, yeah, the FA Cup—we're going to go on a nice little joy to the manga." Obviously, it wouldn't be that, but you know, that's how yeah. it's perceived. Um, and Rafa was saying as well, you know, it's a time for the players to spend with the families at home. You wouldn't necessarily do that if you went out to the manga because obviously the club would then have to, you know, boot the expense of all the families going as well. Um, so there's a lot of advantages for staying at home and as Lee says you can do the tackle tweaks and the training ground he's got two full weeks now to prepare for that Bournemouth game um, yeah. so you also, there's a lot of advantages for staying at home as well
0: I guess Matt, that's yeah. the case and getting the likes of Islam Slimani so you know, back to full fitness anyone else with a couple of knocks it gives him perfect preparation time yeah. yeah
1: I mean you've got to trust <laughs> Rafa on this haven't you I mean he's not he's not flash at all he's, he's pragmatic and sensible and like you were saying he can do all the work that he could do in uh, somewhere much warmer on the training ground, in an environment that he and the players are used to, and 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 why change it? Why take them away? Mm. Just it, it 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 just takes away the possibility of anything going wrong. And and I think it's it's a smart move, isn't it? There's just there's no need for them to go like under McLaren two years ago. They went to Spain, didn't they? Yeah. Um, Aldum scored away from home, didn't he? Yeah. In a friendly,
2: I, I got a collector's Yeah, I, I witnessed it. So yeah, and 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 maybe then <laughs> didn't help have on Stoke though the No, it didn't. Game.
1: No, that was after. Was it Chelsea? They lost that heavily, wasn't it? And then, then
2: before <laughs> they went, they went there on the back of getting beat five one at Chelsea, and then they went to Stoke on the back of some chain break and got mm. and beat one
1: Yeah, and then McLaren didn't last much longer, did he? One uh, more game, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, so. after that, so maybe they had reasons then because they were. You would say in a worse position, and, and obviously they hadn't had a result like they've just had. Um, but yeah, but Rafa can can do what he would do abroad here, can't he? And and also you know he is switched on to what the supporters think, and, and even that you're saying you know, the decision was obviously made before they beat Manchester United, Sean. But um, yeah, he will he will understand that the fans wouldn't be happy if a team had lost again and they were in the relegation zone. Yeah and the players were going away. And it has caused problems at Newcastle yeah. in the past, but under different management and with a very different type of squad, different characters as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think his view is pretty similar. For pre-season, I think he doesn't see the need to have big, big long trips. If, if you can, if you don't have to do them, don't do them. Um, you know, he took them to Ireland last season and it worked very well. Um, it, it got the, the players focused, and that's what, that's what he's trying to do. He doesn't want to take them... To to the other side of the world, just for the sake of it, you know. Yeah. There, re- there, are big rewards, to, you know. Man City, Man United, Tottenham, all these teams go and play in the big tournaments in pre-season. I think Man City do one at the end of the season as well, now, don't they? So, but they get you know millions of pounds for doing that. Newcastle mm-hmm. at this moment in time aren't getting that, so I think pre-season, unless there's a big offer, I, I couldn't see them um, going too far. And he's obviously had a similar mindset. On this one, he does not want to see the players uh, disrupted from the work.
0: Fantastic. We'll move on to a couple of questions now from uh, our listeners. We've got uh, Sean Nightingale and Aaron Sterling both on Facebook asking, "Does Jamal Lasalle deserve an England call-up?" So I'll throw that out. I know Sean wrote a piece yesterday, pretty much saying he's on the on the plane. But I mean, he's had he has been brilliant this season.
3: Yeah, I mean. As I wrote in the piece yesterday, Southgate's got a locked-in back three of Gary Cahill, John Stones and Harry Maguire, who you think will be the top three, barring any injuries. Aside from that, it's hard to think of a more informed English defender than Jamal LaSalle's. Michael Keane's been the choice throughout Southgate's reign so far. He's had a distinctly average season at Everton. And as we saw at the weekend, Chris Smallman and Phil Jones didn't exactly cover themselves in glory as a lot of people, you know... Phil Jones really went to town with them. It's not Phil Jones. Phil Neville really went to town with them on a uh, Master day two on Sunday night. And you know the cells isn't as technically proficient as the likes of John Stones and Gary Cahill and Maguire. Um, but you know he's, he's I think he's the youngest captain in the Premier League. Um, his influence on Newcastle is absolutely frightening. You think he's missed nine games this season, but he 27 of the 28 points Newcastle won. He's been on the pitch, and that's that. That's an incredible influence that he has in the dressing room and I think that you think back to last season and to now the improvement he's made this season he's become Newcastle's leading defender um, and when you think back to the Spurs game at the start of the season he wasn't one of Rafa but he has his first two choices so you know um, like like Matthew was saying before about Shelby one thing that this Newcastle team's personified by is that they, they're they not afraid to make a mistake they take responsibility for what they do in the pitch and Jamal Ocel is probably the biggest example of that so I think that would be a massive reward for his form this season if he gets an England call. Um, Southgate's watched him on a couple of occasions, and I think that it would be right if he gets a chance, at least in the March friendlies, you know, to, to, to showcase his ability in the international stage and see if he's ready to take that step.
2: Do you agree with that? Statement? I think I w- you wouldn't begrudge him if he got into the, the World Cup squad. I think it'd be a great um, achievement for him. Uh, it'd be a great achievement for the for the club, really. To and and. You know, fair play to Rafa Benitez. His judgment, he saw something in him that, you know, previous manager didn't. um, Not only gave him a chance, but handed him the captain's armband not not that long ago. And and he's never let anybody down. Uh, You know, he he gives everything. There's a different group of players here these days at Newcastle. They're all like players who see this as being at a big club. Whereas in the past, they've looked at it as... um, a launch pad to go somewhere else and get a big money move, whereas you know we we get to spend some time with them, um, and you get the feeling that they really appreciate what they've got, and I think that that does come across in some of the performances. Okay, they can't win every time. We're not, we're not talking about the entertainers here, but we're talking about a, a bunch of players who really try, and as you've seen, that they put the bodies on the line uh, against Man United the weekend.
0: And I mean the same question you, Matthew. But also we'll throw in the name of Jojo Shelby. Yeah. I mean, obviously, again, he's only had that one really good performance this season. But if he continues playing like that and he does it week in, week out, which again is a big ask, there's no reason why he
1: can't be handed
0: an opportunity in
1: the friendlies coming up. Well, Alan Shearer mentioned that on Match of the Day too, didn't he? About Shelby. Um, I think with him, it's about trust, isn't it? And trusting that he can firstly be consistent, but also not do something to jeopardise a victory or at the success of the team we all know the qualities there with Shelby. I think all six of his caps were under Roy Hodgson weren't they um, and he hasn't hasn't played for enough for a couple of years but he can do something different to all the other midfielders they are quite similar aren't they a lot of them um, and Shelby can play balls that others can't play and and, and, and can, can change a game in that sense LaSalle's well keeps getting better, and, and you're right about, about the stats, just West yeah. Brom away, wasn't it, when Newcastle have picked up something when he hasn't been involved. Um, I don't know whether it's his influence, his communication, um, stature, something, but they are different when he is on the pitch and in defence, um, and and that difference is evident through those results. Perhaps he would be deserving of of a call up for the next set of friendlies. He was the best of the three English centre halves on the pitch at the weekend, and then when you look at the other options, well, Gary Cahill, who you mentioned, is becoming like an increasingly peripheral figure at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, Michael Keane not had a great time at Everton. So yeah, so you'd think that he's probably you know moving up up the pecking order. So so why not give him give him a chance? Why not? Do you think just stay on La at him playing
0: with their uh, Florian Lejeune will be what we'll see in the future do you think when Clark comes back that he'll be the, the partnership
3: well I think Lejeune and the Cells played particularly well together at the weekend um, we asked the Cells what he thinks about you know his partnership with Lejeune and Clark he doesn't mind playing with either. obviously last season they had a very good partnership together Kieran Clark and Jamal the Um but you know Rafa Benitez's has a sign in the summer Florian Lejeune was one of the ones that was actually one of his first choices it wasn't you know we we talk about the likes of Hosselin which is obviously like an alternative to these original targets Mm. Um, but Florian Lejeune was one he identified quite quickly and he he brought him in it was his first signing summer after Christian Atsu obviously Um, and I feel like Lejeune and the Zells will probably be Benitez's preferred partnership um, as long as Lejeune can build on that because for all Lejeune's talent he's clearly good in the ball which I thought was a big asset he brought on um, on Saturday, you think about Crystal Palace it was a lot of clearing the ball long but not really keeping possession of Lejeune took a lot of pressure off by finding a pass to the midfield, if he can you know, build on that put in some more consistent performances, you feel like Lejeune and the cells could be the, the dominant partnership from now until the end of the season oh, Brilliant, um, I mean they kept the car very quiet and
0: like Sean says he was one of um, Benitez's first choice and we saw the reason why he was calm he was collective yeah. he can pass the ball out and it does, do you think it gives Lascelles a bit more uh, room to manoeuvre you know he can do he can focus on what he is good at and that's you know organising defence you know heading clearing the ball win, being kind of the
1: I don't want to say the tough man of the partnership but the more kind of strong and leadership kind of type well I suppose if, if he's looking to Lejeune to be the more ball playing of the two then yeah I, I guess so and it, I know it was only pre-season but he he looked excellent big and strong and good on the ball Um, and then he he suffered that injury against Spurs which was rotten luck for Newcastle that that bad tackle from Harry Kane Um, and then uh, speaking to John Anderson when, when we do the commentary on BBC Newcastle he says you can get it Lejeune defensively but he is good on the ball but on Sunday he did everything well so hopefully it's just about time with him because it is his first season playing in English football he went to Man City Sent out on loan and then sold, so didn't play for them. Um, I like Kieran Clark, he was excellent last year. Um, really, really good, really important, nice fella as well. Uh, another one of those players with a, with a great attitude that you can't have any um, gripes with, really. Um, Left sided as well, which I guess helps with the balance. Yeah. So Rafa has got some good options. Poor old Mbemba can't, can't get anywhere near the team, and, and I felt sorry for him because. He was put in at fullback at the start of yeah. the season and did really well. We saw him at right-back in pre-season and he wasn't fantastic but he moved over to left-back in the league and I think I think his last match was Brighton and then Manquillo came in at left-back against Liverpool and Mbemba was obviously just taking a bit more time to think about things uh, and gave, I thought, some good performances and we've seen him sporadically, haven't we? But he, he does seem to be fourth choice at the moment. Maybe it's a trust issue, maybe it's Communication because his command of the language isn't brilliant yeah. but I think it's going to be LaSalle's and Lejeune having said that we started the season with LaSalle's on the bench and Clark and Lejeune because LaSalle ha- ha- was recovering from an injury yeah. and then Lejeune couldn't get back in after after his injury and, and maybe a, a couple of um, less than brilliant performances so he's got options he'll want four centre-halves but he'll probably want another one in the summer I guess just sticking with the defence. A few
0: questions on Paul Dummett who, like Matthew said before, has his critics, he has improved drastically since he's come back from that injury. But do we still think Newcastle will be looking for an additional left back? We know Man came in, he plays right back and played both sides. Um but do you think Punyers will go out in the summer if Newcastle in the Premier League championship, obviously that kind of affects it, but um, sorry championship, not champions league, that's that's optimistic, isn't it? Um <laughs>
3: A left back though, do you, do you foresee Benitez going out and, and trying to get one in the summer? Definitely, it's been one of his priorities now for a while, hasn't it? He hasn't quite gotten one over the line. Um, you know Masario Haidara is the second choice, natural left back at the minute. Um, Gamers as well. Both of those are out of out in the summer, and you can't really foresee either getting a new deal. I know they've, they've, they've pretty much told Haidara that if a club comes in for an offer, they can go. So you'd imagine those two will leave in the summer. Um, which means that they'll have to get a new back in. Whether or not that's to replace Dummett or to be back up to Dummett remains to be seen. Because for all, as Matthew said before, Dummett has to have his critics. Maybe he is a t- limited going forward, but defensively he's been absolutely fantastic. And um, a few people have said to me recently, you know, I can't remember a, def- a, w- a winger really getting the better of him. And you think about the last season, he was one of Rafa's He might have been Rafa's most used outfield player. Yeah. He's definitely up there. Um, and the big games, the likes bright of Brighton away, Anthony cannot off. But he got a kick. You know, Dummett was fantastic that day. Um, he was brilliant again at the weekend. And since he's come back in the side, there's been a marked improvement in the results. So you know, the, I think I think Mark on on, us on Sunday tweeted out those stats, and it was kind of like the, the, the Dummett effect. But you know, he's been fantastic and. Long may continue, but definitely they'll have to get someone else in the summer to provide that competition for him.
0: What do you think the reason has been for his improvement? Because it is a marked improvement mm-hmm. from what we saw. You know, maybe at the start of the championship season against Fulham, when he was given an absolute torrent mm-hmm. time, I think, if I remember correctly. But since he's mm-hmm. come back, and bear in mind he's come back from like you said, an injury as well. It's not just that he's been second choice, or, you know, mm-hmm. he's come back from an injury, which was a tough injury to come back from as well. And to have what to put in the performances that he has
1: done has been remarkable. Rafa trusts him firstly trusts him to do the job that he asks him to do um, and I understand those who say Dummett doesn't give you much going forwards I think that's largely because he's a centre-half playing at full-back he's left-sided and they've, they've pushed him out to the uh, to the full-back position as often happens with, with left-sided players but if he's not so comfortable on the ball then maybe that's why but he is an excellent defender he he smells and senses danger he gets himself into positions to stop things going wrong I mean how many times does he cover somebody and and head the ball away from a really tricky position how many times is he sliding in to to stop somebody getting a shot off blocking something he's a defender that wants to defend and like you were talking about players getting the better of him I can't remember the last time somebody outran him And thinking back to Manchester City away, their three goals came on the other side and Raheem Sterling won the penalty having gone over to the left-hand side. You know, people don't beat him for pace. He's good in the tackle. He's good in the air. He is a defender and, and, and I really like him and I think they're a better team with him in there. Yes, he's not going to do what Yedlin does at the other end, but you would say that Yedlin is... Not a defender like Paul Dummett is, <laughs> so obviously you get the attacking from one side, and Dummett does does the solid job for the team, and and maybe long term he will end up as a as a centre half. But um, Raffel obviously want another left left back in the summer because he he would need two plays for each position. But um, I think that again the results speak for themselves. But I, I'm pleased to see that Dummett's getting the praise yeah. that he probably deserves, and he played more football than anybody else last season, and there's a reason for that, and. Yes, he wasn't brilliant at the start of last season, but he came through and and, and was a really important player, and, and he has been this year as well, and and long may that continue. Hopefully, uh, call up to the Welsh side will uh,
0: or follow. England.
3: Yeah, he can still be
0: called because he's only played it, yeah. in friendlies for Wales, so he could. <laughs> so that's <laughs> your research coming in up player there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no, no yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, he has done well. We'll go on to others that haven't done so well. Question from Aaron who says, you know, what is the future for the likes of Armstrong, who scored two last night? You've got Mitro, who's yet to start a game for Fulham, Aaron's, uh, who's over in Italy, and uh, Savier as well. I know Sean does a lot watching. It is now on 18 players, I think, like you do every week. So you have your hands. Well, sure you are very busy with that. Good job don't report on Chelsea because you'd have twice the work. to do that. I mean, <laughs>
3: It was getting to that point though they've got a yeah. full match squad now, haven't they? So. Yeah.
0: so I mean on those players mentioned the likes of Aaron's Mitro, yeah. uh, Armstrong, where do you see them fitting in the summer do you see them, some of them coming back? I think we can discount Jack Colback um, <laughs> coming back and playing a part if Rafa Benitez is still manager, but the likes of Armstrong, I mean, he has got the talent, it's whether he can reach that full potential.
3: he's he's highly rated by the club isn't he and you know he had that fantastic season 2015-16 campaign where he scored 20 goals for Coventry the concern would be that he then jumped up to the championship and he wasn't quite as prolific he's only just joined Blackburn now but he's already scored three goals Um, you can't really see him coming back in the summer and having an impact on the squad you don't think that Rafa quite trusts him yet but if he has a good end of this season and then goes on again and then has another prolific season, wherever he may go, because I imagine he'll be farmed out on loan again. Who knows after that? But Rafa Benitez was speaking on Friday about how this summer he'll be able to compete more with the likes of the more established teams, just purely because they're going to get that TV money at the end of the season. They're going to be able to be more financially active in the transfer market. And... Um, he will be looking for another forward. Whether or not Islam the money joint joins permanently will depend on A, how he does now between now and the end of the season and B, how financially viable that is in terms of how much he'll be able to cost from Leicester. Um, the likes of Mitrovic, he, he set him a 20-goal target between now and the end of the season. That's obviously unrealistic. If, if Newcastle get a permanent forward in the summer, you can't see the likes of Mitrovic staying same with, with Savi, you know, he, he told Savi in the summer that if an offer come in he could go because he was the fifth-choice centre midfielder, these kind of players are going to have to do something extraordinary away from Newcastle to force themselves back in the reckoning and with only half a season to do that, it, you know, it, it's not the, not, not the most time to, to, to prove themselves to be able to, you know, jump up in the pen and, and order. Matthew,
0: do you think it's more a case that them players have been sent out to maybe clear some space, to clear maybe the wage bill rather than Rafa saying right, you go out for six months prove
1: yourself and you can you can come back in bit of everything depending on who it is isn't it yeah I mean they brought in three on loan and, and sent a number of players out on loan so I guess they probably did quite a good balancing act yeah. as far as money's concerned in January especially as the ones they signed came in right at the end of the window um, yeah with, with Adam Armstrong you'd think the club wouldn't want to give up on him yet because Nobody of how well done. he'd done no. it at youth level and, and some of what he's done out on loan um, and that, that brilliant goal for Barnsley last year at Preston shows that he has got some you know, explosive talent in there and he has proven himself to be a goal scorer. He's still very young and, and you think that that they'll give him a bit longer and hopefully he'll keep doing well for Blackburn. Uh, Rolando Aarons, well, like why not go to Italy? Why not try something different? There's a lot of supporters out there who would like to see him in the team every week, I think. He has clearly got something with him it's probably been fitness and, and again consistency but there, there is undoubted talent there Henri Seve, as you're saying it, it, he's the type of player who has gone on loan maybe to go to that club potentially permanently or put himself in the shop window Mitrovic is, is the curious case isn't it because he has um, his admirers and vocal they are as well and there are some who don't see what he brings I think maybe with him it's an issue of trust, isn't it? Because in the way Newcastle play, the striker needs to really, really work hard. Hosselu doesn't score the goals that you want a striker to score, but Rafa always says his stats for everything else winning headers, um, not giving the ball away, his all round game, his technical ability excellent, but he doesn't score the goals, but he works hard. Gail will work and work hard Mitrovic is more of a wild card maybe if you had somebody to put the balls in the box mm. he would score more goals but he doesn't necessarily do what the others do so does he fit into the way Rafa wants to play at the moment no could he have a future well it, it may well depend on uh, I don't know if he'll you'll, you'll get even half the way to the 20 goal target mm. but if an acceptable offer came in in the summer about what they paid for him 13 million ish then then maybe they would let him go but wouldn't rule out him having a future here but I think it's probably unlikely the younger players who've gone out on loan while well, they've got the chance haven't they and even if you look down to people like Sean Longstaff who's at Blackpool and seems to have scored a number of goals and mm. most of them fantastic as well there are players on loan doing well and just going back to Paul Dummett briefly when we spoke to him a few weeks ago he mentioned that when he was coming through he went on loan to Gateshead and I used to watch them quite a lot and I saw at play and he was excellent in the conference and that's the fifth level but it's mostly professional league and he stood out immediately. But he went there, did really well, got some experience, went to St Mirren, won a trophy, played at a higher level, played men's football and he said that there were other players in the academy and reserves who said, what are you going there for? Why, why did you go to Gated? Why, why you going on loan? Go somewhere higher. And those players now, where are they? They haven't had... First team experience on loan Paul Dummett did And his point was that When you get into a position where you could Go to a higher club, a higher level Or get into the Newcastle first team Managers know that they can trust you Because you've got experience of playing competitive senior football So it's so important for the younger players to go out on loan Which is why Armstrong and Aarons are doing the right thing And even the likes of Gilead and and Longstaff And obviously Freddie Woodman at Aberdeen which is part of the reason for bringing in a third goalkeeper so Woodman can go out on loan so it makes sense and yeah I think the younger ones obviously they're keeping an eye on Seve well yeah you would expect that he will go in the summer Mitrovic as with Mitrovic you just never know what's going to happen
3: the thing with Armstrong as well he's got a deal until 2020 so as Matthew says he's still got plenty of time to prove himself there's no rush with these players you don't want to put them in before they're not ready and destroy their confidence so he doesn't come in and score the goals um, and as well, you're talking about Aaron's going Italy as well. I think that shows a lot about his ambition, you know, because he turned down a move to Hull in order to go to Verona. You'd like to think that he's taken himself out of his comfort zone playing against the likes of Juventus, Napoli, AC Milan, these massive clubs. You'd think that you'd learn more playing against those kind of. The Italian league they are famed for being solid defensively, uh, you know, a lot more emphasis on tactics and, and things like that, which obviously Rafa has is a massive part of the way he plays. Hopefully it's a learning process for Aaron so if he comes in next season that like, you know, he's, he's learned learnt a lot. He's a he's a lot he's, a, he's in a better position to kind of, you know, really go and try and cement his place on the wing. Mm. But yeah, you know, you were saying there about you used the colour Gator quite a bit. Obviously like Lewis McNall has went up yeah. there, he's only eighteen. Do you feel that that's a better move for him to kind of experience senior football rather than playing for under eighteens and you're only just starting again under twenty three when we took that loan move? Do you feel that that's a better thing for his development? He's already got a
1: couple of goals, yeah. and um, yeah, he's done. He's done well. I watched them play uh, cut replay against Maidstone a week ago, and he was involved in that match. and And it's tough because you're up against some experienced players, some who have played in leagues one and two, and you're not going to get that at under under twenty three level. and And that's why, again, they entered the EFL Trophy, I guess, to give the younger lads some experience. And we saw them at Crew, and they won. And then they played Port Vale, which was tougher. And then they lost at Oldham four-one, and, and that was harder. But that's the kind of experience that they're going to get on on a regular, weekly basis now. Barlasser at Crew, Sterry's gone gone to Crew as well. I know Sterry's been injured, but mm. uh, I mean he he has looked good, and he could probably play it at, at a higher level. You'd think Barlasser as well than than the bottom end of League Two. But yeah, with McNow going to the National League, he would probably get more chances than he would in in League One and League Two to score goals, yeah. but also to play. And, and and that's a good move for him with Steve Watson, who obviously will have a good a good relationship with newcastle and and obviously james Tavernier who captained Rangers at the weekend went went to Gateshead and did well and there've been there've been others that have gone there just briefly and and they 've started low, but it really has helped them and and i think that's that, that's a good move for him and and McNall is a is a goalscorer, scorer yeah. he's quite big as well, so he could probably do the physical stuff but um He's just got that, that knack of being in the right place to score goals and if you can do that and work on the other side of, of the game that you get from experience then, then he could be one to watch in a, in a couple of years. I think they've got high hopes for him and I, th- I think he could be somebody that does really well.
0: Fingers crossed. Well, you can keep up to date with all the uh, the dot on ChronicleLive.co.uk. Matthew, thank you very much for joining us and what is our last podcast in Thompson House? Not our last podcast ever. We will be back next week in a new office um, but Matthew, thank you for coming in and if you head to chroniclelive.co.uk you can keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United News. Thank you very much for listening please remember to like subscribe and share the podcast whether that be through iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify or whichever platform you may be listening through and if you want to get involved with the podcast you can do so via our social media channels we're over on Twitter at ChronicleNUFC and on Facebook at the same handle ChronicleNUFC we want your questions your topics, your feedbacks. Why don't you drop us a line and get in touch.